let's just take a deep breath. Calm, collected, refocused Premier League away days. Come on. I get those goosebumps every time. I just have to get the big fellow off the bench. Oh Could this be their last chance now? In it comes. Monster to the ground. It's gone. Ali Monster's one. I'm waiting on you. It's waiting on you. I get those goosebumps every time. I need the hind to throw that to the side. I get those goosebumps every time. Yeah, when you're not around, when you throw that to the side. I get those goosebumps every time, yeah, 713, through the 21, yeah, I'm riding, why they on me, why they on me, I'm riding, I'm sitting low key, I'm sitting low key and riding, I get those goosebumps every time, Back again, back again. <laughs> Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Loaded Mag and UFC. Um, away days, big match preview for the Premier League, Newcastle United against Fulham. And, um, Daz, um, <laughs> first of all, welcome in. I hope you are well. Um, 24 hours on. How you feeling? 24 hours on. Gee, and you know what, Pete? I was in the office today, you know you know that I work from home most days, but in the office today, and I was glad of the distraction of work. I didn't have to think about Newcastle so much uh, uh, today during the day. I, I did listen to the pod on the time, the, on the way into work, it was kind of the build up before the game. And then on the way home, I watched, the, uh, sorry, I listened to the, the, the post-mortem, uh, the, the drive home. Uh, but uh, yeah, look, it's, it's still raw. Um, but as I said the other day, we're going to move on. We're going to focus on the next game. We, can, we, we know now what our focus is, is domestic competition. And we, we need desperately need to get back to winning ways in the Premier League. And we have a home game. Uh, so it's, it's the, the, and we've got players come back. So if we, if it's now or never, I think. Home street home. Yeah, exactly that. Um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's, it still feels real. Um, to me, still so disappointed. You know, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed to be out of Europe completely. Um, more than I am the fact that we didn't qualify for the latter stages. Although we could have still done it with a win, I'm just absolutely gutted to go out of Europe completely because I do believe that we could have attacked the Europa League this season, but it wasn't meant to be. Um, we look forward ahead um, to what. It's still a lot of football to be played this season. <laughs> you know, yeah. we're only in December still, and season finishes in May. Lots of football to be played. Um, still in three competitions: Carabao Cup, FA Cup, Premier League. Um, so all to, still to play for. So um, let's get that positive positivity train on the move. Let's get it going. But um, look, great to have so many people in the chat. Um, already, thank you for some of your comments. Get your questions in for Emilio, um, for all things Fulham and for us Newcastle related as well. Um, and let us know. Um, of course, our resident spanner Tom Dixon is in the house. Hope you're well. Um, and if you haven't already, a bit of housekeeping. 
click the likes. And if you're new to the channel, come and subscribe to us. Uh, we had lots of new subscribers last night, so thank you for your support with regards to that. And keep following us and keep letting us know um, of the content that you want on Loaded Mac NFC. So uh, let's get it started. He's waiting patiently in the green room. Um, a regular on away days with regards to all things Fulham. Um, and welcome to Cottage Talks, um, Emilio. How you doing, Emilio? Hi, guys. Hi, Peter. How are you? Nice to be back. Um, welcome back, Emilio. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, we also, we did it last one, beginning of this year, when it was a 1-0 defeat at St. James's Park, when Mitrovic slipped with the penalty. Do you remember the beginning of January this year again? On another day, we could have nicked something from that game, even though you were by far the better team that day. But yeah, it's good to be back on the show, guys. And uh, yeah, condolences for yesterday as well. Again, you, look, you didn't disgrace them. You were in the hardest group of the of the Champions League, and you you did your fans and the club very proud. But uh, yeah, it's just disappointing you didn't get, you didn't get at least get third and get into the Europa League. So I think you probably would have hurt and probably gone very very far in that, in that league. Yeah, definitely. And look. Um... Lots to be, like I say, lots to be positive about. We, we, we gave it a really good go, but um, just not quite, um, just not quite there. And there's a lot of factors to that. You know, we, we've had our injuries and various other things over the course of that period of time that's that's affected us. But we, we keep rolling on, um, that's for sure. But look, um, let's talk about Fulham because Fulham, on I have to say, um, a, a bit of a ride. Um, these last week, week or so, um, <laughs> none other than your last result. Fulham <laughs> five, uh, Lawless is West Ham nil. <laughs> After that fantastic win at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium for West Ham, you put them to the sword. I mean, watching that game and seeing that result come in, you know. Were you expecting to beat West Ham? Uh, surely not expecting to beat them that much. No, no. We, we'd smashed, what was it, Forest uh, a few days earlier. The same as our Premier League. That was, that was a great game of football. But the last four games, we've suddenly turned the corner. It's that international break. And from that international break preceding that, we had lost to Man United narrowly 1-0. And, you know, we were a bit goal shy and probably lacking a bit of quality up front. Another day we would have beaten the worst Man United team I can ever remember playing at the cottage and then we lost good and proper against Villa after a shocking first half but we came back strong in the second half and then Brighton at the end of October same thing poor first half better second half and we nearly won the game and what Marco Silva's done in the last four games where we've beaten Wolves should disappointed to have lost at Anfield 4-3 we should have come away with at least a draw if not victory that game and then beating Morris and West 5-0 it's just the intensity we've gone a little bit more more direct we're playing with more intensity Higher press, better passing, quicker passing, broadly the same players, but it's it's just changed the formula and the tactics. And we're playing to people's strength, and suddenly things are just starting to click. And I was saying on the previous show a few moments, yeah. yes, Steve, yeah, minute silence for Lawless. He was very quiet in the chat the other day, wasn't he? So, uh, <laughs> very, very. Yeah, what's changed is just you know just more belief. With that victory against Wolves, we scraped a three-two win at home against a must a team around us, and we had to win get those three points. That gave us confidence going to Anfield and, like I said, we should have come away with something. And then we just you know, ripped Forest and West Ham apart. No one expected to beat West Ham by that scoreline. They're, they're doing well in the Europa League. They're no mugs. They've made, the, made some good signings in the summer. But, you know, to still go there and beat the West Ham team 5-0, I 
traditionally against a team we never get any points against. We've got an awful record. They're our bogey team, but to put them put that that record to bed was was very pleasant indeed. But yeah, let's see if we can continue. I think you know we can give you guys a bit of a, a good game this weekend. I think we're both you know both both needing points. We're both in the League Cup next week, so we've got the same same challenge there because I think both of us want to get to the semi-finals. I'm sure you do as well, and uh, so do we. So for me, weirdly, the game against Everton is more important than Saturday because I want to get to the semi-finals and give ourselves a chance to get to Wembley. But you know, we're, we're not going to, you know, dismiss Newcastle. It's going to be a tough game, you know. And I think you know we've we've got good enough qualities and in good form to to possibly get something out of the game. Definitely, it's, it's de- look. It's not. It's not an easy fixture for Newcastle, is it? Um, it does. I mean, like from, from our perspective, no. we are really happy that it's a home game. But I, as you mentioned earlier, but Fulham, Fulham are in in, in good form at the moment. Yeah, no, they, they are. I haven't followed them very closely this season. Uh, but uh, I did hear something, though, and correct me, was there some kind of uh, sickness in the West Ham camp? Or is that just an excuse they've come up with to, to, over the, the, the final uh, drumming? Yeah, there was there's some rumour that there was some, like a bit of a sickness bug. But, uh, you know, either way, I still think West Ham have got in good enough depth in that squad to at least yeah. show, you know, show a little bit more fight and spirit. You know, it doesn't take away the fact that we played excellently and we didn't give them a sniff the whole game I think Leno only made one save from a James Wall Prowse free kick but other than that you know we were we were full value for victory and on another day we might have scored even more goals and that's that's how bad West Ham were but yeah David Moyes come up with all the excuses you know fair enough but we're all in the same boat we've all got a busy December fixture list 77 seven league games you had the Champions League yesterday you got the yeah. League Cup there's too many games right this is eight nine games yeah. in a month is not 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 reasonable to be honest with you, but you know that's we need squad, we need depth in our squads, and I think you know, I think you've got a lot of injuries, and I think maybe showing that maybe your depth is not quite there, right? And similar with Fulham, we had many injuries at the beginning of the season, they're slowly coming back into play. But now we've now got a stronger bench. These all these small factors make a difference in terms of draws going into victories, and you know then and more competitiveness in, in the game. So that's going to be this. We hope you get your players back soon. Hope you're not before Saturday. I have two two stats to throw at you, Emilio. But before I do, I'm I, I'm admiring those wombles there sitting on sitting behind you. <laughs> no, they're, 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 they're cool. I like them. Uh, but um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, was, uh, this is a quote from part, part of the time now. Uh, so it was said that Eddie Howe has has, ne- has yet to lose a 3 p.m. kickoff uh, game on a Saturday, so that bodes well for us. And like us, your away form is dreadful. Uh, so uh, what, yeah. what, do you, what has to change? Um. I think we've played a lot of the time. I think this season, weirdly, the last season, we, our waveform was was excellent. We, I think we had about seven victories on the road. We've got, theoretically, a lot of the bottom half teams still to play away from home. So there's an opportunity for us to play some of those games later in the season. But we went to Manfield. You know, we lost last season. We lost this season. But we were much more competitive there. We've got to draw away to Arsenal, a draw away to Brighton. So we're in games. I think we're still, you know, to be honest with you, it's... What we need to be better is giving these bigger clubs less respect than we have in the past. Because normally we don't really fight against these top four, top six teams. Last season against Newcastle at home, we were awful. You know, we, I know we had the sending off early on, but you smashed us good and proper. At St James's Park, we probably should have come away with something. Mitrovic didn't slip. I think we would have at least not lost that game. But 
But yeah, you're right. Our, our waveform this season hasn't been particularly good. But thankfully, we've found a way to win home games. We've won okay. three on the bounce, and that that's pushed us away from that that bottom half of the table. But uh, yeah, we need to find a way to get back to winning ways away from home. We do suit a waveform better than we do at home because we play with that high press, high intensity. That's what gave us a success on the road last season with what I think seven victories. It is interesting that Eddie Howes and lost a home game at three p.m. That's an interesting stat. Well, we've got it here. Um, we, we can see the we can see the stats here. Um, Newcastle and Fulham right next to each other in the table for a waveform. Fourteenth um, <laughs> and fifteenth, albeit you've played two extra games. But as you can see on there, we've only won one, um, and you have drawn three. We've drawn two. So um, yeah, they're not too too much different there. Um, Take a little bit of confidence from that, Daz. The, the fact that it does read that that kind of scoreline for um, for Fulham away from home. Yeah, I, I did. I, I did. I think the, I think that was the, the objective of of the, the lads dropping the that stat. But uh, yeah, it did uh, give me a bit of confidence. But. Uh, like we have to turn a corner. Um, it's probably for Fulham. It's probably the the right time to play us. Uh, af- after like everyone is kind of expecting now to be a bit of a slump after after going out of Europe, but I don't think so. I think we're just going to pick it up. And now uh, with the focus, uh, now that we know we're, we're focused on the Premier League and the, and and the domestic cups, that that's all we all we've got. So uh, and with our players coming back, but um, so yeah. Uh, a little bit. It's nice little one to have have in the back of your mind going going into to, to Saturday's game. And just to see the opposite side of the coin, Newcastle currently second <laughs> in the in the home form table. Um, played played eight one seven. Obviously, that very frustrating defeat against Liverpool, um, where we, we we had the game at seventy five minutes uh, wrapped up, and then we let it slip in the last. 10 15 minutes but uh but yeah so 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 the form does look good and we have been very very good at St James's Park this season and look I'm sure everybody um uh, Newcastle related will be looking for that um to continue but I just wanted to bring up um more importantly um the what matters more than anything and it's the the league table so we look at the league table and Fulham sitting 10th in the Premier League 21 points five points only really behind um, Newcastle United um, in seventh place, and uh, is where you are right now, sitting in what close to mid December. Is that where you expected to be at this point in the season, Amelia? What was your expectations for Fulham this season? Um, honestly, it was probably a little bit lower than last season. Last season, I think we we finished tenth. I think we drifted off the last three months. You know, again, lack of squad depth injuries you know we just lacked a bit of you know, just running out of steam towards the end of the year but you know finishing 10th was was a great achievement but many fans felt that we didn't invest appropriately we let Mitrovic go um didn't really adequately replace him and it's just you know we didn't we've got the oldest squad in the in the Premier League that's that we shouldn't forget that as well and we just felt survival was the name of the game I was quite I was, my, my my prediction was around 14 13 14 is where I expected to finish with the current squad but, you know, we've found, started to find a bit of a winning formula here at the moment. I think with the January transfer window, I expect to add some reinforcements there just to push on again. But if we can stay in top half, finish 10th, 11th, you know, I'll take that. But again, it's always about staying up in the division. That's a, that's a, a club like Fulham. It's always about staying up. And But what was disappointing, we didn't push on. I thought finishing 10th, 
there was an opportunity for the, the owners to put more money into the club, invest, push up to top eight, do what Brighton have done. They gradually pushed up from 15th to 13th to top 10 into Europe. Full of a very similar club to Brighton. Why couldn't we do that? So that's what's disappointing. And if we had more investment, we certainly would probably be finishing, we'll be high, high, higher than 10th in the league at the moment. So if we finish 10th, 11th, 12th, I'll take that. I predicted, I think it was 13th before the season started. Mm, yeah. Definitely. And uh, you know, we look at Newcastle United in seventh place. Look, Daz, I'll come to you on this. Um, you know, we're looking at this situation now mm. where we now have more of a focus on the Premier League because we don't have an additional distraction of the Champions League. Where we are placed right now, you know, what are you making of this seventh place? Is, is this where you kind of expected this to be at this point in the season, bearing in mind Champions League on top of that? And and honestly, looking at where the where we stand currently, seventh place, you know, a point behind Man United, um, four points behind Tottenham, um, and 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 sort of what nine, but let's say nine points behind Villa. Um, are we are we in a position to close that gap? Okay, to answer the first part of the question first. Yeah, no, I thought we'd be up higher with, with at the start of the season, but 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 based on our our injuries and and form of late, I'm I'm, ha- I'm happy to be still still in the seventh spot. Uh, uh look, we're we're hovering around uh um Man United and, and Spurs there, who Spurs who who started the season so well, uh and the suppose the surprise package is is Villa, even though we knew we knew that they were, it was going to bring something spe- special. This one they were kind of one to watch, and uh, they they. they if they've, uh, they have been on fire. So uh, after our first game of the season with them, but uh, so yeah, I'm happy to be, to be sitting in seventh and knowing now uh, with players coming back and uh, with a uh, with a January transfer window um, ahead of us as well. I think um, uh, we, we we can dip in there and strengthen where we need to be. Even though maybe our our the money we would have available via. Um, Via Europe, as in the, for towards financial fair play, maybe take a t- taken a hit now because we're out of Europe. But still, I think we'll 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 strengthen uh, in January. Yeah. I just want to ask uh, you guys a question about Eddie Howe. So again, seeing a lot of, it seems to be getting some stick on social media. Where do you stand with with Eddie Howe now? Because it's people are thinking about replacing him. It's crazy just because you you know of the position of the Champions League, but. What are your honest thoughts about the man? Because you know he's, he's done excellently to get you into the Champions League last season. He's done a great job. Loves the club. You can tell that. Well, where do you th- where do you stand with Eddie Howe and his future at the club? How? But I have to say, look. Um, to be fair. I think I think it's important to make make this absolutely clear, and I'm glad you've mentioned it, Emilio. Um, there has been some in small sections reports about Eddie Howe, um, some uh, individual fans saying about him not being right for the job or he needs to be moved on. Look, Eddie Howe is here to stay. Eddie Howe's not going anywhere. Eddie Howe is here to stay. It's as simple as that. He hasn't yet completed the job in the task that he was brought in to do. Um, we can be disappointed about the exit of the Champions League, but that does not change the fact that Eddie Howe has had to navigate himself through this season, including Champions League, with up to 15 players injured. He's not had a full squad to choose from. He's had the Tonali situation on top of that, which he was never, ever expecting to happen. 
and on top of that, still navigated us through wins against the likes of Chelsea, Man United and Arsenal in our worst moments where we had all of those injuries. Like, he is a top, top manager, Eddie Howe, and we would be absolutely crazy to get rid of him. He's not going anywhere. He stays with Newcastle United. He will drive us forward, I'm convinced of it, into the second half of the season, and we will be pushing for the Champions League. I've got no doubt about it in my mind. And I've maintained it two months ago, and I maintain it again. Eddie Howe's not going anywhere. And all this talk about Eddie Howe starts from the media. The media want a narrative, now Newcastle are out, to try and build something on. It's natural. I just ignore it. And, you know, all Newcastle United fans, I would... I would encourage them to ignore it. It's up to the, up to other Newcastle fans what they do, but I would encourage them to ignore it because you're always going to get this now. We are a club that people want to poke and they want a reaction. The best thing to do is ignore them and in actual fact, show more support. So in actual fact, wrap her arms around Eddie Howe and say, you're our guy, go take us forward. And actually that will annoy the people in the media even more so because we've done it before and we'll do it again. So I'm not worried at all i think it's all absolute rubbish um that's yeah, no, I'm I'm 100% behind that, Pete. As I said there a couple of days ago, uh, I, I want Eddie Howe this season. I want Eddie Howe next season. Even if it still goes pear ship, I'd only consider it at the end of next season uh, um, looking looking at our alternatives. But uh, no, uh, 100% behind uh, Eddie. Uh, and I think 97 to 99% of, of the fan base are also behind Eddie, especially those that remember the dark days um, where, where we, we, we were and uh, the, some of the managers we had in the past as well uh this is this is still in in dreamland territory like it's it's it, we may be out of the champions league but we still have the memories from us and uh and look with with more investment and and uh Yano makes a good point there as well in, in the chat uh the the, the biggest advantage he says the biggest advantage of our exit from europe gives gives it, uh the opportunity for eddie to get the the boys in the training ground he hasn't been they haven't been able to to, to get out and, and train recently because of so many games and uh they're just wrecked. He's only the, the same eleven players to choose from for 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 the last while. So um, yeah, but hundred percent behind Eddie. Good, good to hear. Again, he's a good manager, and again, he set the bar very high for you. I think that's the key thing. I think what's what's was the expectation now? Given your seven, still look that looking at that table there. Top five is still there for for grab a couple of victories. You'll you'll be knocking on Spurs' door. So it's a uh, it's all to play for. But again, it's you're saying Daz, that the clearly. If you don't achieve Champions League next season, you still want you still want Eddie Howe there at the club, yeah? At all, at all. Costs. Yeah, yeah. Look, look. Yeah, okay. Look, if if there was major investment, and there will be over the, the next number of transfer windows, and it comes to the end of next season, and we're not knocking, looking like we're getting Champions League football, then I might consider uh, looking at other alternatives, but not until then. Uh, he's he's uh, earned enough uh, credit in the bank to 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 to, to give him uh, give him a shot. And he, he hasn't he hasn't disappointed us at least uh, um, in the last while. It, it's, uh, it's a victim of circumstance with all the injuries. I think definitely. I mean, just before we come off the table, where where, where do you think where do you think Newcastle United will um, will end up at the end of the season, in your opinion? Yeah, I think. Look, it's you've got the luxury of affordability. You can buy plays in general. I think Cover you mentioned in the comment around. Should you should you have invested more in the summer, knowing that you didn't really? I don't think you spent millions. You know, I think they've been quite guarded with the amount of investment in the club. Mm -hmm. I think Liverpool 
some of these clubs have pushed on from last season. Liverpool are obviously clearly top of the table now. It's a much tighter division. Teams are beating each other. I think that's the key thing here. That's why you're now seeing literally, what, four points to, you know, from the top four. And then you've got yourself, Tottenham and United all fighting for the next places. You can get top five. Champions League might be a bit of a struggle. Again, if you start to drop further points this this month before you get to uh, the January transfer window, that that your you know Champions League place top four might be might be out of your reach. But look, we're still not even halfway through the season yet. I think top six, yes. Top four, mm, it's looking a little bit precarious. If those teams continue to pick up form, and Villa are the surprise package, but you know they're doing outstanding. Their home form is incredible. Man City will get better. And Arsenal, Liverpool, you know, you know, will, will be consistent. So I think it's going to be harder this year to hit, hit top four, in my opinion, because you've got teams who can, like Villa, who are smashing it off the park, mm-hmm. and the other teams, I think, are punching more above their weight than they were last season. So yeah, I, th- I think top five, probably the best. I think you'll get this season. I don't think you'll get top four. Emilio, one one right back at you because uh, Tom is one of the questions in the chat. Is question for Emilio: Where do you expect Fulham to finish in the league this season, Ooh. and why? Yeah, I think no different to where I expect. I think probably about 12th, 12th, 13th. I think, you know, again, it's the same thing. Like, you know, Chelsea, they're in dire straits, but surely, surely they're finishing at Chelsea, Emilio. Surely. Well, <laughs> we were the top club in West London last year. Look, we're, we're you know, <laughs> the two clubs are below us at the moment. So I'd like to think with a bit more investment in the summer, in sorry, in January, that we can consolidate the top 10 finish. You know, but you can see West Ham are three points ahead of us, Brighton five yourself five it's going to be difficult to get top eight we finished mid-table you know i'll take it if we finish 14th i'll take it. we're in the premier league we want to enjoy the journey if we can get to a cup semi-final or a final even better that's you know there's something to play for other than the the domestic the, the premier league and the fa cup we're all in that we've got that next month to contend with as well so yeah to answer your question i reckon probably about 12. 12. interesting now just about to put on that on that comment that um from to Sorry. corner phrase, actually, just because I thought he's absolutely right in what he said. We aren't even halfway. Um, other teams will suffer injuries too. Having a cluster of teams capable of beating each other also helps massively. And it, uh, look, to corner phrase, absolutely agree with you. There is still so much football to play and things can turn very, very quickly. There are teams that are in the ascendancy at the moment and doing really, really well. But if we just keep chipping away and we keep close enough to them, we get into the second half of the season. We go on a run, which I expect us to. It can change very, very quickly. Um, We've had players back from injury as well. So again, that's what that's that's contributed to some of the the performances in the last few games. We've had players back into contention. We've been able to slightly rotate players in in defence in midfield. So again, having that selection and lack of and fewer injuries is making a difference. And it's got, your time will come. Your players will come back from injury. Um, Jan this month, I say it's dreadful. Eight nine games. A club to place that is ridiculous, but you know, get those players back, you'll find a winning formula again, just like we have. Yeah, well, you lost uh, Alexander um, um, Mitrovic. Um, uh, he he forced his way <laughs> to a move to Saudi, um, didn't leave on the best, ter- best of terms, did he? Um, but but in the positive light, you brought in another striker that seems to be hitting a bit of form now. Um, and Raul Jimenez, obviously in his 30s, but still, you know, putting the ball in the net. Uh, I think he's grabbed a couple of goals recently for you. Um, you know, how has that transition been? Because I have to be honest, looking at you early, early in the season without Mitrovic, it did look like there was a bit of a gaping hole. Like, yeah. is it st- is it starting to get filled now, or or is there still a question mark there in your in your eyes? 
Um, still a gap, to be honest with you. I think, you know, it's a, when we got Jimenez before Mitrovic was sold, he was never meant to be a replacement. I saw Jimenez as being like a, like a backup player for Mitrovic. Mitrovic, you know, many games last year, he was suspended. He picked up a few red, yellow cards and was, got suspended, a few injuries. So we didn't have him for the whole of last season. We still did, did quite well. We just yeah. wanted a bit more depth and more cover on the bench. That's, I saw Jimenez as being a backup rather than a starting player. But you know, clearly, Mitrovic then left on bad terms, like you said, Pete. And um, you know, we never we never replaced him. You know, the owners felt it wasn't appropriate to 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 replace him directly. I suspect the manager was comfortable with keeping Jimenez as his number one strike. And you know, he struggled first first 10, 11 games. You know, he scored against Villa away. I think that 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 did his confidence a power of good, especially that second half of performance. We were dreadful in that first half against Villa, but we sort of fought a little bit more second half. He got a goal, broke his duck, and I still think we need to invest. I don't think he's gonna he's not gonna score us ten goals this season. I think his bit confidence comes with more, you know, more more clinical in front of goal, better touch, better movement. Amazing what a couple of goals can do for any play, whether you're in form or out of form. And yeah, but he's not the he's not the finished article. He's 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 thirty two years old. He's had a dreadful injury. He's, he's he's riding the crest of form at the moment, but will that last? I don't know. And my worry is where the other goal is going to come from. You know, if he doesn't he doesn't score. But the good thing is we're doing what we did last season. The players around him are starting to chip a goal. Harry Wilson, William, Iwobi has been a, a revelation for the club. These are all players chipping in with goals from midfield. Andres Pereira had a dreadful start the season, but he's picking up some form, scoring goals, creating assists. We've got Tom Kearney drafted back into, into that midfield and sort of just knocking the ball about really comfy. So, again, it's players all around the pitch are contributing to these goals, not just relying on one striker. And that's the way Marco Silva likes to play. And we forget, like I said, Mitrovic wasn't there all season. Last year started well. Then as World Cup, injuries, suspensions, yeah. nine-month span. We, we still survived without him for half of last season. So, you know, it's a lot of talk about Mitrovic for the first half. But, you know, we didn't see him for the second half of last season. Good riddance, unfortunately. He's wanted to lead to the club. You have to move on, really. But I'd like to see some more some more reinforcements in January because second half of the season is an opportunity to push on. Yeah, definitely. Go on, Dad. Sorry. Yeah, no, just around him. I remember the first time I saw him playing for Wolves and I thought, wow, this lad is good. Um, but then that injury, it was an, a nasty injury. And I don't think he's been the same player since, uh, to tell you the truth. I, I, don't, I don't fear him as much now, uh, now either. Um, but. Um, yeah, no, and it's Fulham as well. It might be these might be two comments that you're going to people. I'm gonna uh, the, the whole thing with um, Silva that he, he he hung around. He didn't he didn't head head off to to to, um, to Saudi. And I'm sure there's one that's that's on your mind as as Jan, the January transfer window opens. Will Bayern Munich come knocking again for Paulinho? Uh, he he won't he won't go. I'm convinced he'll stay to at least the end of the season. He's you can see. It's just it's just body language as well. When you when you watch your plays on the pitch, sometimes you know you, you t I tend to focus a lot on just, not just on the performances and, the, and the, the football we play, but also just body language of players. And when we lost at home to Chelsea, what was it in October time? We lost two nil. We lost with a wimp. To be honest, Chelsea weren't great, but they scored two early goals. Game over. I saw no passion and no desire. You know, normally, normally he's, he's patting his chest. You know, he's rousing up the club. Come on, you know, start shouting a little bit more from corners. Did nothing the whole game. Looked basically didn't want to be there, but suddenly Silver signed an extension. Players are starting to come back from injury. There's more belief. Suddenly the team, the players are playing like a team now, 
And Paulinho is critical. And he's just seen his body language the last half dozen games compared to the previous 10. Like chalk and cheese. He now wants to be at the club. The manager signed an extension. I can't see him going, to be honest. Why would he want to go to Bayern Munich? No, if, you know, here is guaranteed football. Yeah. Showing that not Bern Leno's just signed an extension a couple of days ago as well. So again, he's got back into the German national team. He's played, he's been, he was my player of the season last year because the man of got saves he made and the points he saved us last year. Players are signed to extend. Paddy's has done an extension. You know, Wilson, really, we've got some good, we've got aging players there, but we've got a lot of experience. And you know, there's a lot of positives for this club if the owners dip their hands in their pockets, invest in some youth bring some depth in that squad and we can push on. We had a chance to do that this season, but you know they chose not to invest and take take the money and and, and run. But who knows? But as far as I'm concerned, it's Paulinho won't be going. I've seen here to the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. Just, just while we're on that topic, um, Foxy, great to have you in the chat, Foxy. Hope you're well. Um, talking along, Paulinho, here the same. The rumours are, are, are becoming rife. Obviously, it's becoming that, that transfer window season. So, naturally, it's going to start being talked about more. But saying you, um, you're comfortable letting him go for the right price and bringing in someone like the, the DM, um, the young lad, um, Andre, who has also been heavily linked with, with, with Fulham as well. Like, I'm going to throw the Bayern Munich question out the door and bring in the Newcastle United uh, <laughs> uh, uh, colours because look, Dan, we talked in. about it. Yeah, a number six is yeah. what we would need. Certainly, that defensive um, number six. And I saw a clip, Emilio, um, Fulham put out on social media the other day um, of, of a number of series of tackles that he made against mm. West Ham. I mean, I think he he made the yeah. most of, in, of any player on the pitch. Eight successful tackles, and he just. He just has that knack of breaking up play really, really well. Um, you know, again, you you partly already answered it anyway with regards to Foxy, but you know, it could you could you see him being cashed in if you could get a younger, cheaper potential replacement and and maybe recoup a little bit of money back into the club? Could it be possible? Not until some. I don't see him going in January. I don't see him despondent enough to want to leave in January, if that makes sense. I saw if it was three months, two months ago, you saw him on the pitch, clearly didn't want to be there, despondent, lacking motivation, actually. But then he scored a crapper of a goal against Brighton at the end of October that he celebrated like he did last season. And I've just seen him push on, more, more winning more tackles, fighting the passion, the motivational levels of cross club. You can see that he's, he's critical to the success of his club. And you know, if, if Declan Rice has gone for over 100 million, why shouldn't we command the same? No disrespect. Look at his stats last season to this season. Harding is above Declan Rice in every statistic possible. So if he's gone for 100 million, give us 100 million and maybe we'll take it. But anything less than that, I don't think he'll go. He doesn't want to leave. Why would he want to leave mid mid season? Give him to the end, give him till next summer. We'll maybe get Andre or another adequate replacement. But he's 28, playing at the peak of his career fitting into this Fulham way of, of, of working. And I honestly don't see him going before the summer. Pete, you have your eyes on an all-Brazilian midfield there, I think. Forget forget an all Jordy midfield. You're going all-Brazilian there, yeah? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, to be fair, he would be perfect in that midfield with with, with to, to allow Bruno and, um, and Joe Linton to go and do their thing. 
and that's not even that's not even adding in Lewis Miley, who was sensational last night, had a really good game before he got taken off. Um, and he's really come out the traps. You've got Sean Longstaff, you know, Joe Willett. We've got options there. But I do think that's that one position that we are missing, that number six. And uh, I, I hate to do it to the opposition fan. I'm always trying to I'm always trying to buy the opposition fans players. I'm always I'm always doing this. So it's not against uh, anything Palini is doing. But uh, yeah, I apologize for that. But it, it, he is a player that I really like. I think he's a talented player. I'm not surprised that Bayern Munich are after him because he is capable of playing at the very top. But um, it is a player that that are in a position that I think we we do really need. And it'll be really interesting to see. Um, and we'll talk about it in the tactics board, like him come up against our midfield um, that is an all-action, high-press midfield and, and see how he manages that. That's for sure. Manu Kone is another one that will be linked with, I'm sure, the full load of transfer shows when they're kicking. Um, all all of the old names that we've been scouting will pop back up. Um, that, that's for sure. But look, um, he's a talented player, Alinea. Um uh, you know, you've, you've got a talent there. And, and and you're right to command a lot of money um, to sell him on. We've got Bruno under a contract where his release clause is 100 million plus. Right. We value him and we know we could get that sort of money for him. So uh, I, I get it. I get it 100%. Um, yeah, just talking about him being in there for tackles. But Foxy, with his South American knowledge, says Andre will go on to be better than Palinia. Big, big statement that um, could be clever business for Fulham. I take Andre for us exactly what we're missing. And yeah, Andre was, I have to say, Fox, you know, Andre looked like a dead cert to Liverpool. And all of a sudden it's just gone cold. And that now doesn't look like it's possible being linked with Fulham as a possibility. But hey, I would take him. Um, from the little snippets that I've seen, I'm not not versed on South American football too much, but I just, yeah, I think, I think he'd be um, a good addition, a good young addition to the to the team in that position that we need. But um, look, I'm sure we'll get on to players and talk about players a little bit more. Um, but let's get on to the game. Let's start talking about the game and uh, in a bit more detail. And we always start our game talk um, with a few stats. Looking very, very dapper tonight, Keith. Shirt and tie and all. Thank you very much. It's been a busy day. Thank you very much. It's After Clark that, Kent. Bro. Clark Kent. That, that'll have to be the new intro. That's what we have to go with, Keith. <laughs> that'll be the fourth. That'll be the fourth intro. But you kind of keep Bond down. You know, back by popular demand, Bond came back. <laughs> it did, it did. How are you, Keith? Um, well, I hope all is well. Um, and of course, what stats have you got for us um, this week? Yeah, we've got a load of stats here. And uh, yep, yeah, it's welcome back, Emilio. It's nice to see you again. Yeah. I hope you're keeping well. Loads of stats here, lots of head to head stats, manager stats, goalkeeper stats. Um, 
lots of general stats as well about the form of both sides as well, where both sides are at. So Newcastle's all-time record in this fixture played 57, uh, won 21, drawn 11 and lost 25. Slight advantage to Fulham there historically. In the Premier League, Newcastle have 13 wins. Fulham have got 12 wins and five draws in this fixture. So slight advantage to Newcastle. Um, Fulham's 12 wins against Newcastle are pretty much the record number of wins Fulham have had against the side in the Premier League as well. Um, Newcastle have scored more goals in this fixture, 41 goals compared to 35 for Fulham. And Newcastle have got the better defensive record as well, 10 clean sheets to six clean sheets for Fulham. The managers, Eddie Howe, his record against Fulham, brilliant record here. Uh, he's won five of six games as manager, only losing the one. Uh, whilst Marco Silva, he's won one, drawn one and lost three games against Newcastle. Not so good for Marco Silva at present. The goalkeeper has burnt Leno. He's managed five clean sheets in 10 Premier League games this uh this season and Leno has managed five clean sheets in seven games against Newcastle although he's yet to manage a clean sheet against Newcastle while he's playing for Fulham all five came when he was playing for Arsenal Martin Dubravka he's yet to register a clean sheet for Newcastle this season however he's managed a clean sheet in all three of his games he's uh, played against Fulham winning two of those and drawn the other game um Players, no player has had more assists than Kieran Trippier, seven this season. Um, and that's as many as he had for the whole of last season. And Matt Ritchie as well was the last player to have more really of assists in a season. That was back in uh, 2018 when he had eight. Um, Lewis Miley, some stats about Lewis Miley. Um, last night he became the fourth Englishman to start more than one Champions League game before turning 18. And that's a record he now has, along with Josh uh, Mc, Mc, I'll try and pronounce his surname correctly, McEachran, Mc, uh, uh, Phil Foden, Jude Bellingham as well. Um, Josh had two, Phil Foden two, and Jude Bellingham had eight. Um, and... Miley also became the youngest player to assist a goal for an English club in the Champions League as well in history. He broke Theo Walcott's record. Theo Walcott was 17 years and 250 days in November 2006 for Arsenal and Lewis Miley broke that last night. So clouds and silver linings, uh, there's always a positive if you try and find them. Joe Linton, uh, he scored a Champions League goal for um, the first time since... Uh, October 2018 for Hoffenheim. Um, it's his third goal in six games in all competitions for Newcastle, um, which is more than his previous 21 games combined. And Raul Jimenez, um, he scored in successive Premier League games for the first time for Fulham. Um, and the first time in the Premier League since October 2020 for Wolves. Some general stats to round off. Um Fulham are winless in their past seven uh, Premier League games against Newcastle. Three draws and four defeats. Um, go, in a run going back to 1-0 win back in May 2009. So a long time for Fulham since they've actually won at St. James's. 
Um, however, if and if Newcastle beat Fulham um, on Saturday, it'll only be their second home win against Fulham in ten years. Um, and Newcastle, they're unbeaten in the past uh, six Premier League meetings with Fulham winning the last three in a row. Um, since beating Everton at the start of the season 1-0, um, Fulham are winless in the past seven Premier League away games. Um, and the last uh, time they had a longer winless run on the road uh, in the Premier League was um, 2018-19, which was a difficult season for Fulham, that one. Um, Fulham have scored, however, they've scored 16 goals in the past uh, four Premier League games, um, which, you know, which is incredible because it's one more goal than they'd scored in the previous 15 put together. Um, and winning the last two games 5-0. Um, and um, only two teams have scored five goals or more in three games in the Premier League, and that was Chelsea and uh, Man City as well, who've managed that too. Newcastle have won 80, over 80% of their uh, Premier League uh, points this season at home. Only Sheffield United, with 87%, have got a higher percentage of home points. Um, Fulham um, have scored at least three uh, goals in the last four uh, Premier League games for the first time. Um, and it's the third time in the Premier League history. Uh, last time they managed that was back um, in October 1959 when they managed that um, in October 1961. Fulham have won three successive home Premier Leagues in the same season uh, for the first time since April 2011, when they were managed by Mark Hughes. Um, Fulham are in such good form that West Ham's defeat to Fulham was the heaviest ever defeat in a Premier League in a London derby, which I found incredible. Really. Um, and that is the heaviest Premier, away Premier League game uh, since the lost 5-0 to Newcastle back in January 2011. Um, lastly, a couple of stats about Newcastle. Newcastle um, have only managed to score more than one goal per game in their last one one on one occasion in their last nine games in all competitions. So the goals have dried up worryingly for Newcastle mm. in the last game. They've only managed on one occasion to get more than one goal in a game. Um, the last time Newcastle had a similar run was um, from November 2021 to January 2022, which was the early days of Eddie Howe um, under the new ownership. Um, so they in that run... They managed to score, they failed to score more than one goal um, per game in 10 games in all competitions then, um, which I think the run was ended with a, a thump and 3-1 win over Everton back in January that year. Um, since Nick Pope's injury, now this is a concern, Newcastle have conceded nine goals in three games and that rounds off the stats for tonight. Well done, Keith. Good. As always. Uh, worrying to that, that last one, though, I'm not going to lie, the <coughs> that we've conceded um, in the last couple of games, or the last three games, seven goals, I think you mentioned, um, a lot, far too many, um, and it, it, it's a massive concern. Um, some people in the chat are saying Carrier should get a run out, 
Um, some people are saying let's stick with Dubravka. I think what most Newcastle fans will, will will agree with is that we need a new goalkeeper in January. If we're going to kick on um, with Pope being out until earliest, it looks like it's going to be April. Um, we need a new goalkeeper um, to to be sure at the back that our defenders are good defenders. They've done well. They've defended well for long parts of this run without Sven Botman in the team. But we need a solid base and that goalkeeper provides that. We just need that that solidity back there because that was all almost what our top four um, finish was built on. Clean sheets and being hard to break down. So, um Definitely one um, that we need to improve on, uh, and you know, look, no better way uh, of starting at St James's Park on Saturday. But we'll have a look um, at tactics board, and we'll get our opinions out of what we think when it pops up in a second. There we go. There we go. Hold on one second. Let me just. Bear with me a second. <laughs> While you're trying to find that, that Pete, I'm going to say a uh, big, big thanks to Keith because week in, week out, he comes on the show and he gets nothing but abuse from the, those in the chat. <laughs> and, and and he's even come and put us to shame by by looking dapper tonight. Well, when he is suited and booted, but uh, look, seriously, thanks, Keith. Thanks for for all the effort. You, you Very welcome. Made. I mean, what I would say is. Um, uh, just because you're not tipping Newcastle for a win, you know, doesn't necessarily mean you're not being a fan. Yeah, it's literally course, just, yeah. I've always been a realist, particularly with Newcastle. I've learned the hard way to be a realist. Uh, you know, take 1998 Cup final, for example. You know, you learn the hard yeah. way over the years. And I think there's a lot of Newcastle fans, or some Newcastle fans that... Yes, there's buoyant optimism over the last couple of years, but also there's some Newcastle fans who, uh, you know, they've still got that sort of Stockholm syndrome of Ashley and that they're trying to yeah. get rid of those memories and they can't necessarily, they're so used to the disappointment. So some there is that element of realism and fear yet as well. And what we're experiencing recently in recent weeks and games is the first real big tests of this ownership. And, Eddie Howe as a manager, it's how can the club get going again, you know, after this little, these few disappointments. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right, Keith. And you got the Milan right, result right, didn't you? I think you think you did. I got the, the result right. I didn't get, sorry, I didn't get the score right, but oh. I just, I agreed with the points because, I mean, I was speaking on Monday. I just felt that Nick Pope was the difference in that game in, in Milan. There were tw he faced 25 shots and all of those saves he made. He made some incredible saves in that game. And I just felt that Newcastle were quite lucky. It was a fantastic result, but they were lucky. And I felt that Milan would give them a test again at St. James as it was proven right. Albeit Newcastle did really well in that first half. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and in comparison, Dubravka faced two shots and conceded two. And, and and therein lies the concern for me with, with regards to the goalkeeper situation. But he's been a great he's been a great servant in his Definitely. time, but we'll have to look at it now and look and think this is the difference. This is the difference between getting into the top six and staying there and maybe your season petering out to 
to mid-table. But you're right, Keith, and this is where um, this is where Eddie Howe and ultimately the club are going to have to start making the hard calls because players like Debravka, Matt Ritchie, Paul Dummett, players like that are going to need to move on in the summer. They're going to have to, regardless, because we are going to need better quality all across the pitch. Can't be a fast track thing in January. We would love it to be. Not going to be, but some you're of these players. A, you're still looking at a couple of windows, aren't you? Before the yeah. we're completely a new a new club and a new side. Yeah. Um, it does take time. I appreciate it, and you know we all haven't appreciated it, but we will get there. But it's we're not there yet for sure. And I think this season's brutally illustrated. There has been some highs with some of those brilliant wins at home, like PSG, like Man United, etc., and Chelsea. But I think. This this has brutally illustrated the squad depth. And I called it out on my prediction show right at the beginning, pre-season. I said, look, we're not there yet. We haven't got the squad depth. There will be challenges here with the Champions League and with the fixture congestion. And when you're looking at clubs who can bring five players off a side, uh, off the bench and some of the quality that they've got, you've seen it for the Milan yesterday, last night, We've seen it a few times, you know, the likes of your Arsenals, the likes of your Man Cities, what they can bring off the bench, Liverpool. And, you know, what we have, we're, we're going back to where we were two, 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 two and a half years ago with what we've got on the bench. It's night and day, isn't it? Do you not, do you not think, um, Keith, that when everybody's fit, that we have a big enough squad? Do you think the squad's We can go toe to toe, that's for sure. And, you know, there's there's undoubtedly, it we proved it last year. You know, when, when we pretty much have everybody fit. Uh, but it's it's that fine balance. We're, we've been unlucky with injuries. But then again, you can look at it and say, we're well, incredibly lucky last season not to get the injuries that we, we not to have the injuries. So it's it's balanced. It's somewhere in the middle. But, you know, fingers crossed and two, two windows will be further, you know, we'll, We'll be closer to getting there. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not sure who said that, Jordy Two for Life, about not needing a top class goalkeeper. Was that yeah, it was uh, the mighty um, win. Yeah, um, look, I, I I think we do personally. Uh, I think we need we need someone to push Pope. Pope's thirty two. That's a great point. Um, yeah, we need someone to push Pope. I, I made the, to be fair, Dad. We both said it on the watch along yesterday. And apologies for this, Amelia. Um, we're just kind of addressing it before we get your uh, before we get your um, your lineup. I we need players to come in that are going to push some of our first team players. Miggy Almiron. There's been lots of talk about Miggy Almiron. Miggy Almiron's a good player for Newcastle United within a squad. For me, I think we need to be looking beyond him now, starting week in week out. And at this moment in time. He hasn't got any competition. His competition was Jacob Murphy, who's now out until and has been out for a, a period of time, and he's probably not going to be back till the end of January. So he ultimately hasn't got any competition whatsoever. So we need somebody to come in who's going to push him and ultimately be the number one and say to Miggy, if you want to be in the team, you've got to put the performances in when you get given the opportunity. And to be fair, he had that last season because the emergence of Jacob Murphy out of nowhere almost gave him a kick up the backside. And I don't know if you guys remember the goal that he scored coming off the bench against Wolves. He scored the winning goal when we won 2-1. Yeah. 
And um, that kicked him on again because he had a run of games where he wasn't <clears> in the team. And it was almost like, I have to perform here if I need to get back in. It's the same with Callum Wilson and Alexander Izak, although me and Daz both argue, and I uh, I agree, um, that we, we probably need a third striker. Um, but there's, there's people like Nick Pope. Nick Pope knows he's by far better than Dubravka, Karius and, and Gillespie. But bringing in a goalkeeper that's going to push Nick Pope at 32 and go, you want to be number one? you got to make sure you're back to getting those clean sheets every week to stay in this team. They need to be pushed. And you could argue with, with the likes of Shaw, um, with the likes of Trippier now, with Livermento. You, you, you watch next season. You watch next season. Livermento will be pushing Kieran Trippier. Kieran Trippier yeah. will not start every game next season. <clears throat> Guaranteed. He's already stamped his marker down. Livermento. Livermento won't play left-back every game for Newcastle United. He'll be playing a lot of games right-back and he'll be pushing Kieran Trippier. And this is part of the transition. And you look at so many different positions. And look, when we do squad games, Daz, um, when we hit oh, some yeah. time and we start looking ahead to the summer, um, we'll be looking at all these. and having No mercy. There'll be no mercy, Pete. We, we, yeah. we, we will sweep the leg uh, on, on an awful lot of players uh, because it has to be done now, now at this stage. And Eddie, Eddie Howe and, and I know financial fair play has, has restricted them in, in a lot of players, but we need a bit of a clear out. And, and not the, even outside the ones that, that you, you, you know that's, that's coming, uh, we, we need a, a bit of a, a, bit of a, a swap up. Um, so that, yeah, that's a uh, squad game coming at you in the new year sometime. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, uh, Jordan 2 for life. Um, yeah, uh, we agree. Shoulder injury. I could go again. We, we can't take the risk. Um, and, and Yano's put about, Miggy isn't a priority to replace. It's not about replacing him. It's about getting a player that's better than him, that he stays in the squad. He may well leave in the summer, go to Saudi. He might be one of the casualties. But if he, did, if he isn't, we need to sign someone better. And he then becomes the squad player. And I think everyone would be happy with that. Um, but we need we need to be upgrading in, in a lot of different positions. Centre-back, you know, is one, number six, right back, uh, sorry, right wing, maybe another striker. There's, there's so many different positions that we need to be looking at. And over January and the summer, we will make those transitions, no doubt about it. But look, um, we, we, we've kind of gone off on a tangent there. I had a little <laughs> bit of a, a, a Newcastle discussion. I apologise, Emilio, um, no, for that. Interesting. But, um, from your perspective, here is the Fulham squad. And um, in your opinion, what do you think the team will be um, if it is going to change in any way, shape or form? May well not after your 5-0 hammering of the hammers, as someone put in the chat earlier. Um, who are you going for? Yeah, good. It's a good point. If we didn't have the, I'm standing in the back of my mind and I'm trying to debate whether Silver will prioritise the League Cup next week or the League. I actually think, as much as I want the, the Cup game to be a priority, I think he'll prioritise the League game. To be honest with you, I All think right. he, want, he will want to continue that momentum and probably see an opportunity to to get something out of the game. So I think he's probably going to play his his strongest team. I, mean, I would like to, I would say, the weaker team. I would like. Couple of subtle changes and rest some of the players for for Tuesday night against Everton. But you're in the same boat yourself. But you got Chelsea. Is it Tuesday, Wednesday as well? I think it's next week we're playing them. Tuesday, so, uh, yeah. Tuesday, Tuesday, yeah. You know, we've both got a, something a common theme here. So in my view, 
I think he will probably play not too dissimilar team from the game against West Ham on Sunday. So Leno will start for sure. Okay. I don't see that definitely starting. I see probably Kelly Tete coming in instead of Castagne because you know, Tete, Tete's recently come back from injury. Um, How has Castagne got on for you this season? Is he alone or was it a permanent move? Who? Castagne? Castagne, yeah. Um, permanent signing from Leicester. So, yeah. different, you know, different type of player to Kenny Tete. Weirdly, I was saying, actually, we've missed Kenny Tete you know, when we went through a bit of a struggle winning games and scoring goals. But he's, him and Castagne fighting for that place is good is good for competition for the club and, and for themselves. So, I, I actually think he'll probably start on, on Saturday and then Castagne probably sign the game on Sunday um, against Everton next week. Centre defence, I think Bassi and, and Tosin Adarabaya will probably start again, um, as they did at the last two games, keeping clean sheets. Um, and Adarabaya, no no update on the contract, or is it is it running out in the summer? Still was... running out in the summer. I'm hopeful he will extend. You know, so far he's got a couple of clean sheets, got a goal on Sunday. You know, the manager signing, I think, was is key for him to slightly change his mindset. Clearly, he wanted to leave the club. It, it, I think it was Monaco knocking on the door. In the right. summer, um, but you know he got then got injured. The transfer fell through, but you know he's still young. He's still got potential. I'm not sure he's ever going to hit top 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 ranking Premier League defender, but he's a he's a good central defender to have. And Bassi starting to get some form as well, having signed from Ajax. And them two seem to be a more natural fit. Tim Reams had a great season last year, but not the same player this year. He's 35, great leader on the pitch, but you know he's he will play less games for the rest of the season unless there's injuries. On the left-hand side, I can't see anyone else but Anthony Robinson. I think Robinson will start. You know, it's Balotelli may get a game against Everton on next week in the cup. But I think Robinson will will start on Saturday. Okay. Midfield, Paulinia will be there. I'm interested to see wh- who does he play there. Will he put Harrison Reed? I don't think he'll play Tom Kearney. I think Tom Kearney will probably be protected against Everton. So I probably see Harrison Ooh. Reed coming in there potentially. Sasa Lukic, but. I'll probably say Harrison Reid will probably start on on Saturday. And I'm surprised uh, that Tom Kearney played against. Um, what, did he did he play against start against West Ham? Um, he did, yeah, man against Forest. So again, he's he's, he's looking, you know, looking the part to play. But he's 32. Let's not forget that. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, play all these games week in week out. He needs to he needs to pick the games. Marcus said that Tom Kearney can influence. I think Everton away will probably be a better better option for him. And we'll give him the next three days of rest. So Harrison Reed coming in, there will probably be a natural um, replacement there. I would see Andres Pereira sitting behind Raúl Jiménez. Um, again, Pereira starting to get a bit of form the last few games. And last season, when Mitrovic was clicking with goals, a lot of assists from Andres Pereira from set pieces, from corners, and so forth. So if we can get Pereira back on song, getting good distribution making those three kicks and corners count, then, you know, I think he'd be an important player for the rest of the season. I think he will be. We'll have to start again. I, you know, I've really been impressed with this fella. And I think he's, he's growing. He lets the club ticks when he's playing. If that makes sense. I see him. He's just, it's a bit of energy with the play, with the, with the rest of the squad. He's always looking to come forward, you know, yeah. keeping the ball, trying to, trying to sometimes do the ridiculous, the unpredictable, but I like that. I like the players not predictable, can do something spectacular and unspectacular within a minute, but, He's, he's a good player. He's, a, he's young. He's got qualities. He's got goals in the bag. So he will be a threat. So I'd like him to start on Saturday. I think William is potentially injured. I'm not sure. I haven't seen the latest report. So if, if so, I'll probably say Harrison Wilson will probably start on Saturday. Wilson probably on the right and he will be on the left. Probably. Um, 
probably sort of played that sort of but he can alternate. It won't be at uh, so I'll put Harry Wilson up the other way around, Pete. Sorry, oh. Harry Wilson on the right and it won't be on the left. So will he not playing at all? Potentially, you know, if, he, if he picked up a knock against West Ham, so even if he's fully fit, I'll probably say rest him and probably play him against Everton. Mm-hmm. And then Jimenez will start um, for sure again on Saturday. So I think that's a good balanced lineup, good experience there. Yeah. We can start to alternate plays, and like I said, we can we can alternate between Wilson, William. There's Bobby Decker, Dover Reed. There's no mug as well. He can come off the bench and cause you know threat off you know with the, with 30 minutes to go. Tom Kenny can come off the bench. We've still got Lukic. You know, there's a few good players there. So again, that will probably be my starting eleven on Saturday. Okay, um, and Dad, uh, to counteract that, um, I'll come to you with regards to who you think is going to start. Um, for Newcastle, um, that we, we we know that there are one or two issues with some players. We know that Kim Trippy is suspended, mm. so we know that he's not going to be involved at, at all with regards to um, playing. We know that Anthony Gordon um, has got a hamstring issue. They're they're looking at, um, at that situation. He, he apparently got it against Tottenham. But he was able to play against AC Milan. He just can't hit top speed with it. So whether they're going to go with him again um, is unclear. Um, you know, there's a few question marks around one or two other players. Um, there's rumours that um, Barnes today. The rumours that he's now fully fit and could be potentially um, uh, in with a shout with the squad. And there's there's a continued question mark on. On Sven Botman, um, nobody really knows. Some people are saying Fulham, some people are saying Chelsea, some people are saying Luton. We we just don't know. Um, but there's some questions there uh, for you to Yeah, there is. So talk to us, Daz. What are you going for, man? Okay. Well, forget about the goalkeeper position for a second. If I could, I'd, I'd take Le- Leno and then put him in our goal. Uh, but uh, that isn't an option. So I'll, I'll give out about the goalkeepers in, in the map. But I see week on, week, week in, week out, I see Chris messed this up. So now it's time to fix it. And uh, look, at, I'll, I'll pick, I'll, I'll pick a team that 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 I'm going to pick. Maybe not Eddie wouldn't pick, but this is the team based on what we've got. Okay, across the the back, fourth to back, it's going to be Dan Byrne on the left. Okay. Straight, uh, in, straight in, in. Uh, yeah, Dan Byrne, yeah, because uh, Tino is going to go to the right where um, Trips can't play, obviously, he's suspended and he needs a rest anyway, so it's yeah. it's it's in some ways, it's a bit of a blessing, but I think he'll be back after that uh, for sure. Uh, then it's going to be um, Char beside Byrne and Lascelles uh, beside uh, Tino, and it's, it's, it's again, it's, it's a, a new mix because Charles usually on the right when the last time Byrne was playing really and and uh the cells won't have not really played as much with with Tino on the right even though they have switched uh, every now and again but so that that's my back line in midfield I'm shaking it up as well here oh. because I'm gonna go for Lewis Miley in the let's say the number six position all right hey. uh because I'm I'm, I'm kind of sick of Bruno being late in games not being able to, to, to track back. So I'm going to put Lewis Miley in there. Uh, on the uh, left, I'm going to put Bruno. And there's a reason for this in a second. Oh, oh, Bruno oh, there. I'm excited, Dad. I'm excited. Uh, Sean Longstaff. Sean Longstaff goes, goes uh, in the midfield as well. Yeah. So 
there's the, and there's no way in hell I'm leaving out J7. Joe Linton has been immense in the last uh, uh, well against uh, AC Milan, and he was he he got the goal for us against Spurs. So Joe Linton is going out on the left. Uh, that's where I'm going to put him, and uh, I, I I'm backing him to even score in the in this game, Joe Linton, because because he's he's the only one that seems to be on on uh, on form. I'm going to stick, even though Gordon is, is a slight injury doubt, I'm going to stick Gordon on the right because Miggy, I'm, again, I'm sick of it. I'm, uh, and every time I I, I, uh, I do Miggy a disservice, he comes back and proves me wrong. So back to you, Miggy, to prove me wrong again. Uh, but I'm, I'm dropping Miggy and I'm putting Miggy on the bench. Now, these are the positions I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm, I have question marks over. I, I bought, Wilson has played 90 minutes, 90 plus minutes against Milan. So, even though Isaac has has not impressed me over the last couple of games, but I'm going to go with Isaac uh, uh, up front. Uh, again, I think Joe Linton can. Yeah, I don't know. I just think. I think Joe Linton will, will will create something on the left. He 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 put a ball in or something, and Isaac will get on the the end of it. And look, uh, and then uh, may, after sixty five minutes or so, bring on Britt Wilson if if Isaac is is not as racist. But just uh, he he got a bit of a break. Uh, he he only got about thirty minutes or so against Milan. He it has to kind of stand to him a bit. Um, he has to regain form sometime. I just I, I'm afraid to, to to risk Wilson from the start because because I don't want to. I, we need, as you said before, Pete. We need two strikers. So that's that's my my front three. Now in goal, I ideally I'd have none of them in goal because I I don't rate any of them anymore. And I want all three gone in the summer. I'm straight off. I want all what three gone. <laughs> but, but, no. Why not Matt Ritchie? Why can't Matt Ritchie play in goal? Uh, no, um, okay, it's going to have to be... Uh, I, while I'm at it, I might as, well, might as well change it and bring Karius in. Now, it's a bold move bringing Karius in because I don't know what he's going to do or what he's what he's actually capable of. But I know Dubravka is, is capable of, le- of leaking goals. So I'm going to throw in Karius in here uh, in, in this just... What's the point in having him if we don't if we don't uh, 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 try him out here? Um, and um, a home game as well. Um, he's he has to be fresh. Uh, and forget about Mark Mark Gillespie. He's going nowhere. He's he's never. You're never going to see him play for us. So I don't see. Yeah, I don't even bother putting in this. But like, for I'd like to see Carries stake a claim, and if he proves himself. Then we're we're okay for the next couple of games until we get to January and then go buy a, a goalkeeper. But yeah, just to mix it up, I'm going to go for Carius here as well. So I ring, I'm ringing the changes uh, here and um, uh, th- to try and freshen it up a bit. And I think we need something uh, to inject uh, uh, something different in, into the team. So this is what I will go with. Interesting. Um, uh, Keith. Uh... <laughs> For the last five take, games, take in a row, part, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, for the last five games in a row, Amelia, you, you might not be aware. We've literally for the last five games in a row, we've we've had the same lineup uh, in a row up until Tottenham. Uh, we managed to change it a little bit with AC Milan. So really, on away days, Keith's not really had too much to think yeah, of. It's, it's it's <laughs> just been cut and paste FC, hasn't it? Yeah. Really. Yeah. But look, critique that, mate. Well, what are you thinking? Are you well, with Daz? Are you changing anything? What you got? There's some interesting selections there, and it does raise some interesting points. Mm. One thing I would say before 
obviously given my take. If Martin Dubravka, if how goes with what we think he'll go with, then he he'll stick with Dubravka. If he sticks with Dubravka for this game, and Dubravka ships another few goals, if he ships maybe two, three, four goals, and let's say Newcastle have dominated the game. When at what point will Howes do you think Howes patience is going to run out with Dubravka? Because Carrius had something on Dubravka in uh, through the week that he had experience that Dubravka didn't have. Certainly, for in his time in England, he actually played for an English club in the Champions League final, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, yeah. take that, take, take his fine 2019. 18 final out of it, he had played for Liverpool throughout that season in the Champions League and done well. So, and to be honest, even though Newcastle lost the final, he came in in that final and didn't disgrace himself in the Carabao Cup final, did he? And that, that's yeah. his, that, that was his only chance for Newcastle. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's interesting for Daz. Do you, do you think that? Effectively, Martin Dubravka's, you know, he's under pressure himself. And if he doesn't start pulling it up and maybe getting a clean sheet here and there, or certainly reducing the goals, he's going to be out the sight. He is, but if if he if if he lets in a few goals, then we're we're stuck with carries as it is. So, and we won't have tested him in in any shape or form. So, I'd rather rather try try him out now, and because. I, I think Dubravka will will leak leak at least one goal. So um, I think it's, it's time for a change. What what is what is the point in having him if if we if we're not going to trust him to, to play him? He's just another Mark Gillespie then, and we're just carrying all these players for no reason. It's just a, just just a number, you know. Uh, so you either rate him or you don't. Um, uh, so uh, we, it needs it needs a change. I think that this is the time to to, to try him out. I'll go through the rest of the squad, uh, the rest of your team soon, Daz, but I'll just say here that me and my friend were talking about Newcastle before the Champions League game the other day, and we're just basically saying that the Newcastle, if you think of Newcastle under Keegan, and if you think even in the Robson sort of era time, there wasn't just, and Given was the number one, but he wasn't always playing no. all of the time, season after season. Steve Hartman came in for a run. They kept each other on the toes. You know, and I think Given had such a respect for Hartman, he knew he had to be at his best and help bring him on. You know, in the Keegan era, you had Cernicek, but then Heslop came in. And yeah. the, again, they both kept each... They weren't always starting. And it was good to have that mix, really. And... For a long time, certainly, Karius, he, he's only been given the one chance for Newcastle. And Dubravka effectively was cold when he had the his mm. he got his chance and he's he hasn't got the match fitness effectively. But um, Okay, so is there is there anything you would change on that lineup then before we come back to Emilio yeah. um, to talk? Um I think the only thing that I've said, I think got I think Daz has great, put some great points and I like his midfield for sure. I think the only thing that I would say would be Gordon, really. I think it, there's a question mark over Gordon's fitness now, isn't there? With thigh, isn't there? So for that reason, I would stick with Almeron because I wouldn't want 
a further aggra aggravated injury. Really, that's the only thing I would say about Daz's lineup there. Um, yeah, um, no, that, that's that, that's more than fair. Do you agree with um, Daz's um, Lewis Miley in, in that number six uh, to release Bruno a little bit further forward? I think he's, I think he's playing really well, Lewis Miley for sure. Uh, played really well. You know, even in that Champions League game, he certainly did well in the first half. So yeah, you go with you go with your form. Really, uh, he's got the energy and get up not down the park, and you push push Bruce Bruno. Let's let's give the opposition something a little bit to think about Different. here with what we've got. You know, rather than go with this, the the cut and paste job every game, why not switch it up a little bit and move some players out a little bit. Keep people on the toes. Keep keep opposition managers on the toe. What Newcastle going to do next? Let's change it up. Yeah, um, it, I think it's a, it's a really interesting lineup, guys. I think mixing it up could well be could well be the way. Um, I, I do I do have a question mark about Anthony Gordon. Um, someone put it in the chat, and it's a, it's a, it's a decent point. You know whether they save him for Chelsea on Tuesday. Um, and give him an extra few days rest, maybe not have him in the squad at all. Um, could that be the release of Harvey Barnes back in the squad as a supplement? Not saying that Joe Linton isn't on the left, because I love that. You you know, Daz, I've talked about it yeah. in the last couple of reviews about the fact that, you know, at, at Tottenham, the last part of the game, he scored playing off the left. And then I just loved watching him in the last... 10, 15 minutes of the game where he kind of drifted out to the left and he just drives it players. And it just allows for that crossfield ball where Joe Linton makes this little run in between the right back and the centre back into this area. And normally you get Shaw whipping the ball from this direction into there. But obviously he's in this position, but uh, not to say that he still can't make that pass and Joe Linton makes that run into that area. So he's got so much pace and power. And actually, when Isaac plays, he does. He does. It does release Isaac to make these little runs in the pockets and um, to create the space. But um, I actually probably think Wilson will start, in my opinion, um, just because of the hustle and bustle of the centre backs. He'll 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 want to do what he did to Tamore um, and Tiro Hernandez, where he really disrupted them, particularly in the first half, and opened up space for. Gordon, who was playing here to exploit, and, and Miggy Amiron to exploit in these areas here. Um, and I just think Wilson will probably play again um, for that reason. I don't know what's going on with Isaac. He doesn't look fit. He just doesn't look fit. I don't know what's what it is, whether he's carrying an injury or he's just unfit because they're not being training at the moment. I have no idea, but there's something not right with him. And maybe him coming off the bench is probably the better option. But I really hope that we have Harvey Barnes available because I think having him back will be a boost for him and a boost for the team, seeing him come back in. Because he's barely kicked a ball. Mm -hmm. He's already scored this season, but it was first game of the season and everyone forgets. Um, and he's someone that I had in my mind that I thought could hit double figures. And I still believe that he can. Um, when fit and, and playing regular football. So everything else about that team, I've not got an issue with. I think there needs to be a change in there. I think um, we'll come back to that that talk of number six and stuff in a minute. But I, I agree with um, lots of uh, 
what you put in there. The goalkeeper, <laughs> I'm not I'm not against Carrier starting at this point in time because I just don't think Dubravka's up to it. I just don't. So I'm not against Carrier starting um, uh, this game. I'm, I'm, it's just, it's just you, you kind of just, you, you're throwing up a coin and it's heads or tails yeah. in terms of you are. who you in with regards to that, so um, that that's that's that for me is, is a more than fair call, uh, in my opinion. But Emilio Fulham, where do you tend to hurt teams when you play them, particularly the last two games against Fulham, uh, against sorry, Forest and West West Ham? Where do Fulham tend to hurt teams, um, to get their goals? A lot of it's been the last few games with being on the front foot, pressing higher up the pitch. You know, normally it's it's keeping possession, sideways passing. At times we've been slow out of defence, but the last four games, change of tactics. We've been right from the whistle, pushing forward. I think Iwobi, the link-up play between the Pereira, Iwobi, and William, that 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 threesome there. They've been they've been working their magic, and Tom Kearney, you know, using all his experience to distribute the ball well, keep possession. You see his retention stats. Tom Crane in the last couple of games, very good. But he can't play three games in a week. You know, that's not, you know, right. in 10 days. He needs a bit of a rest, in my opinion. But Pereira, Iwobi, Wilson, you know, they're quick. They're dynamic, always looking to come forward. You've got Paulini there protecting the midfield. Harrison Reed's inadequate. You know, I'm not a big fan of Harrison Reed, but he's inadequate covering them. He's not had the best of seasons. That's where potentially you might see Sasha Lukic coming in. But I think Harrison I think will probably start. That's for me. It's about getting on the front foot, high press, high up the pitch. The, the Wilson Dan Burn combination. I see Wilson getting the better of Dan Burn there. I think that's an opportunity for us if Dan Burn's going to be playing there in, in um, Kieran Trepper's absence. I think Jimenez. It's not if we if you can shield him and keep him away from you know. At the end of the day, he's, he's had a good. He's got solid scoring goals. His touch is better. He's got more confidence. He's winning free kicks. He's winning corners. He's getting in the mix, and I think that that's. My my area of, of opportunity really is, is that trio of Wilson, Pereira, and Iwobi with Paulinho, mess, you know, messing it up in midfield and keeping it tight in defence. You know, Tete coming in and will add a bit more strength. Castagna is a more more lighter weight defender, different type of defender. Kenny Tete is more aggressive, more stronger. And I think him and Jonathan will be a good good combination. They're good. Pet. There would be a good battle between them too. If I was for him, I'd rather Wilson doesn't start. I think Wilson will start. I think he's always been a problem for us whenever he's played. He's always causing a nuisance in that middle of the, in that defence. I, wor- I, I worry that we've got a mistake in these defenders. It will be they've, they've kept two clean sheets and demolished two teams. We've still got tendencies of conceding cheap free kicks and penalties. So Wilson, knowing what he's like, what he's capable of doing, he's probably going to be the player that we'd least like to start against us. Isaac, Isaac, I've not really seen much of him this season. I thought he had a good season last year, but like you said, I'm not sure if he's been injured or the reason why he's not getting a start. But I've seen some of your fans saying, why don't you play two forwards, Isaac and Wilson, up front and try something a little bit different. So um, Wilson will probably start. If you want to have a better chance of winning, I think he'd cause more of a nuisance against these central defenders. Yeah. Uh, it, it, could, it could potentially be, you know, this situation. So, um, Isaac starts off the left, mm. um, Joe Linton and Bruno, and it could, could quite easily be that. But I just, I, I just think that Newcastle are kind of putting all their cards on the table if they do that. And, and that's why I think, 
um, yeah. going with Joe Linton here is probably the best move. Um, and having the, the the kind of solidity, should we say, in Sean Longstaff coming in and playing this role here, he can get up and down. He needs to build his fitness up anyway after mm. being injured. So getting in minutes under the belt it is can only be a good thing for Newcastle United. But I think Joe, last season, at the back end of last season, was playing some of his best football on the left-hand side when um, Maxi was injured um, at that point. Uh, Callum Wilson, they're different players. Like, I, I would play Callum Wilson because I think he can disrupt these two here. Alexander Izak is a player that likes to link the play. So, Izak will come in and he'll come short. So, if you bring... And I'll just whack Izak in here instead of Wilson. Izak will come short and get the ball and try and link play into Joe Linton here, into Miggy, into the midfielders and make little runs in and behind. And he makes those smart little intelligent runs. Whereas, you know, you've got Callum Wilson is, is, is a different type of striker. And that's why they complement each other so well. Because he'll get in and amongst it. He'll get in and around them, shirt pulling, battling, grappling. He, he's kind of made for the Premier League. And there's, I think the Mighty Win uh, put a comment in, in the chat, um, and it's a valid one, saying he, he looked a little bit out of his depth in the Champions League. And, and, and yeah, I think it, for, for the first half, I think he, he played a role. He disrupted the centre-backs to allow other players to perform. But, yeah, when you want a player to kind of raise their level, it's his first season playing Champions League football. And in, what, he's 30, 31? Um yeah, he, he maybe did look out of his depth. But in the Premier League against uh, against Fulham, um, I think he could be a difference maker. And Emilio has already said he, he causes problems when he plays. Mm, last season, he caused problems, in the ho especially at Craven Cottage, and he scored an early goal. I think yeah. you know, he's got a tendency of scoring against us and causing a bit of a nuisance. I think you know, our defenders have got a tendency of making mistakes and give, you know giving a chance away here and then, giving those cheap free kicks on the edge of the box. So that's... That's my worry. If we can keep, if he's not playing to his best potential, Wilson, then that's it's good for Fulham. Then again, we, we, he may not be the threat he was last year. But if I was Marcus Silva, I'd be worried if he starts. He's probably the one I wouldn't want to play against because I know what he's like, and you know he can play to Fulham's weaknesses in that central defence and get into those areas where he can get like a, a set piece or possibly a penalty as well. Two, two comments. Yeah, I worry about them too as well. Traditionally, they've they've played well against us, and you know, they, on their day, they're you know they they they're unbeat, they're unplayable to be honest. So again, if, depending on what <laughs> they can find a bit of form, then it'd be good for Newcastle. But hopefully, they um, but they're the two. Your forward lineup there looks pretty pretty daunting to any team. So once they're on form, if they're playing on fire, and having Wilson, you know, at his peak, Almiron and Jones, to know what they can offer, you know, you know, the last two or three seasons, that's a, that's a very attacking quality you got there, but. Try yeah. three comments now. One, uh, our, um, when when Wilson is up front and uh, Isaac is on um, on the, the 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 left wing, that that's our plan B. Uh, that's the only plan B we have when things aren't going right. Going right, that that's that's our our, our plan B move. Uh, two is Callum Wilson. Uh, yeah, he'd be my pick as well if he had didn't play the full game against Milan and. Uh, Two games in four days for Callum Wilson after just coming back from injury. It's asking for trouble if, if you ask me, but uh, it needs must maybe as well. And the third point I was going to make uh, now that I took Miggy out of the squad, watch him. He's going to score. <laughs> Every time I, 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 I say anything negative about Miggy, he comes back and he scores. That's why I'm saying this as well. I'm doing the Keith. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm doing the Keith there. To, to, well, to, uh, what I would say is Mikael Almiron is a closet uh, loaded mag fan, a way day fan. And uh, <laughs> uh, he's going to be steaming at his keyboard right now as we're watching this episode and Daz is going against him. Uh, but no, I, I just think it, it, not necessarily going against him is give him a kick up the backside to yeah. to, to put to, to get his performances going. I, I, I hear it, I do, I hear it. And, and and look, let's let's be honest. If if Anthony Gordon is fit and can play, we want him starting. We don't care yeah. whether it's the right or the left. We want him in the team. It's as simple as that. I get it. Um, not sure what the comments are about. Um, throwing Miggy on the bus, we certainly didn't last night, and we haven't tonight either. No, um, we, yeah, we haven't done that, so I'm not sure what, what that conversation we, we did say he should have used his right foot. That, that, that's yeah, about yeah. it. I think everyone said that, but maybe it's another channel, I'm not quite sure. Maybe I've missed some comments along the way. Um, Janos just put, um, don't believe Isaac is 100% fit. Um, and Wilson is not willing to play less. To be fair, I, I don't think either of them are 100% fit. I think this is part of the problem. Uh, we're trying to literally manage them to build up fitness. Um, so you could go either way, to be fair. I'm not going to complain who starts up front because um, they're both good players on their day and quality players on their day and can put the ball in the net. Um, both of them, are sitting, I think, are sitting on seven goals this season, Premier League. So they're, they're not too they shabby at all. Battle it out now again. As well, oh, with him and it is, you know, when he will, you know, he's not going to be scoring goals for fun. It will be he's had a good frame of form recently, but it's those players around in the Wilsons, Pereiras, the Wobies, they're getting the goals. And you need the likes of Jolington, Almiron, Guimaraes, really start stepping up and start chipping in with goals. So you, you reduce the dependency on your Isaacs and Wilsons, for example. So again, if you could get goals all across the pitch, it takes pressure off your forward lineup where, you, like you said, you've got a few injury problems at the moment. Same with us, you know, we haven't got. A Mitrovic equivalent, even though Heyman has done well recently, but we're relying on Wilson, you know, Pereira, Iwobi, William. They're the ones who are going to keep scoring the goal, keep chipping away, scoring, scoring, and keeping some clean sheets. And that's a, probably you're very much in a similar predicament. You've got enough quality coming forward. How many goals have Jolinton and Amaran scored this season? Keith? Joel Jolinton scored yeah. three. Joel yeah. scored three this three. season. I know Almiron's way down. I think Almiron might have. Just over four or something because he's uh, last year he was on a great run, certainly in October. Um, I think he was on double figures by this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right? I think you you need those players who are more than capable of scoring the back of the net, and it's like they're not hitting the mark. Then you're putting pressure on your four two. Then it, you've got injuries and knocks it up playing their full potential. And that's why it put, puts pressure on your, uh, your overall team. He's got four and fifteen in the in in all competitions, and he's got two and ten in the uh, Premier League, which is way down on where he was last year. Certainly in the league, that's for sure. Emilio, I just quick question for you, and uh, just north of there, um, William, you, you don't have him in your team. Is he is he injured, or I hope you have him on the bench. He picked up a slight knock against West Ham. I don't know if he's going to be one hundred percent fit, and if he did, I'd rather not. Bit like yourselves, don't risk him. We've got the game against Everton on Tuesday night. I think that let's let's use him there and rest him for against Newcastle. But Wilson's been playing very well recently. He's you know he had a good um, couple of international games uh, last month. He's starting to sh show his worth at the at the Wel at Welsh level, international level. At the club, he's been in and out of the squad in re in recent times. But 
he seems to be coming off the bench and having that impact and you know contributing with his pace. We won a free kick against Wolves to give us a late late penalty. He, you know his contribution against he scored against Liverpool. He scored the other day against West Ham. So yeah, so I think Wilson's a good player to have in the squad. He's starting to get back into some sort of form, and you know I think we've got some good depth there. But players are returning back from injury, a bit like yourself. So I think that's the key thing. We've got we've got options which we never had say a couple of months ago. We were limited with who we had available to play. We'll wait to see the uh, the lineups and see if we were right or wrong in what we did in what we predicted. We always love to enjoy um, seeing if we were uh, matched up on mm. match day. But um, that's a uh, few questions before we go to predictions. Yeah, yeah, we've got a few questions. We will pick out a few. Um, go to one from Tom here first. Uh, he asks a uh, question for Emilio: Who's impressed you so far? What Fulham player? Uh, good question. This season. I'd... I'm probably saying it won't be, strangely. I think he's really growing into that team. He he makes the club tick. You know, we're always looking to come forward. He's got goal threat. I, I like the player. Obviously, clearly, Paulinho's had a good season. Not as good as last season. He's had a bit, a few sticky games early part of the season. But I'm just seeing this, Iwobi, really growing into this team and very unpredictable. And, uh, you know, I think there's, good, there's a good future for him at the club. So, Iwobi, so far, I think he's been a bargain signing. Interesting. Um, one here from Cottage Talk. You might you know the one from Russ. I think you probably answered it with your your team selection. But he asked, um, should Marco go with the same starting Excel as as the last two matches? Thanks, Russ. I'll speak to you after this show, Russ. Yeah, there's a couple of changes. <laughs> I think William might be enforced, but I'd like to see Tete probably start in defence and use Castane in, and probably rest Tom Kearney as well. I wouldn't see. I don't think Tom will play a third game in ten days. One here for you, Pete. Uh, I think we're trying to get a rise out of you from Steve. He asked, um, uh, Media talks of investment. You are the richest owners, so why are you suffering due to injuries? Um, I think it, FFP. Well, it's um, we, 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 are, we are a bag of riches, but we're not able to spend it because we didn't have the benefits that Chelsea and Man City had that they could spend what they wanted, and there was no kind of um, parameters that they needed to stick with him. Um, so we're in a different predicament. But what I would say is that we've been massively unlucky with injuries. Um, and like, we talked about it, Keith, where I asked you the question, I said, is our squad strong enough when everybody's fit? And the answer is, we'd, you said we'd be competitive. And I fully agree with that. But we've just not had a full squad to choose from, from the beginning of October up until now. And it's, it's crippled us big time. Um, so, yeah, uh, look, injuries are part of the process. And because we are such a high-intensity team that presses high, runs, everybody runs themselves into the ground and works hard for the team, um, you're going to get injuries that way. Um, any high-intensity team does. And it's part of it's, it, it's part of the package. Um, and we've just been massively unfortunate with this. But, look, we're getting players back. We'll be OK. Um, not, not worried about it long term. Cool. One for Emilio comes from the mighty win. He's asked, which player would Emilio least like to lose? Yeah, I think predictably probably will be Paulini. I think when he's not playing, when we're clearly not the same team, not the same team out there. And but you know, not far behind Ben Leno. I gave Ben Leno my man the player of the season last year just because of the amount of points he saved. His yeah. his strength in goals. He's probably a goalkeeper you'd like to have yourselves, like you're saying, um, Daz. So. Yeah, them too for me, but Paulinho, we're not the same when he's not around. 
Yeah, we were linked to him around the time of Pope, uh, Leno. But uh, um, yeah, I think we definitely need to be looking at goalies again. Uh, one from Foxy. Uh, yes, question for Emilio. Do Fulham currently have a player that's the scapegoat for fans whenever losing a game or even in past years? Interesting question. Good question. Uh, I think there's... I think the last under Marco Silva, we haven't really had that, to be honest. We've had such a togetherness amongst the players and amongst the team that there isn't really any scapegoat. I think this season, Tim Bream has probably got a lot of criticism from fans. He had a great season last year. I gave him, I think it was that I voted him the third best player of the season last year. He's made a few mistakes this year, but he's he's been highly criticised. If anyone's been made a scapegoat for the earlier part of the season, probably Tim Ream. He's got a, a bit of unfair criticism. And Anthony Robinson, I don't know why he seems to divide opinion as well. I think... In some games, he's you know he's got great pace. His, distrib- his final ball needs to be better, but there's been some. He's has a, a couple of assists recently, so again, he gets a little bit of unfair criticism. And there might be this whole fan Russ is listening. I'm sure the fact that they're both American does that have a part to play with it? I'm just you know, maybe I'm just being a neutral here and some of the perspective. But then we do tend to get a lot of criticism when things don't go well, but don't get the call outs when things go. You know, they are when the teams you know, playing well, they don't get the plaudits. When it's the other way around, it's always them that get criticised for mistakes and defensive frailties. So, yeah, if there is a scapegoat, I'll probably say this is it's them too, to be honest. They don't really, you know, some of the fans always like to blame people. When we're winning 5-0, there's still some complaints out there, to be honest. But uh, people, fans are never happy. Last two questions. So, Jordi June for Life asks, Emilio, have you sold those expensive seats in the new stand on a regular basis? Thanks in advance, I suppose. There's a lot of talk about uh, expensive seats and uh, uh, surveys uh, in Newcastle. Uh, so, yeah, just uh, I suppose he's, he's trying to get to yeah. the, the opposition view. Yeah, ridiculous. You know, some of those prices are ridiculous. There was a demonstration or was it 18th minute against Man United last month? That was basically 18% increase in seat prices for this season. But it's you know they haven't sold all those seats. There's still there's still some health and safety issues there. The stand I don't think will be fully open next year anyway. But there's a cup game against Rotherham. I think we got at the beginning of January. I might see if I might swap my normal seat and just go and see what it's all about. Because people are saying it's great views, but I'm not sure it's worth paying some of those three figure numbers for those seats. It's uh, a bit ridiculous. 180, 200 quid a ticket for some of these Premier League matches, which is astronomical, really. Last question comes from Foxy. What's the future of Munez and Victis? Don't seem uh, quite good enough for him. Yeah, not he's been linked with a move in January. I think look, he's he's not good enough. It never has been. The fact that when Jimenez wasn't scoring the early part of the season, everyone was applauding and you know, when Vinicius came on as a substitute, which is ridiculous because he was ever he was everyone's scapegoat last season, wasn't really good enough, to be honest. But uh, if he goes in January, I think it's the right thing for the club and for himself. Muniz played well against Man United a month or so ago, but he's still very raw, still young, still got plenty of talent, but he needs games. He's coming back from an injury, so it's again not good enough for Premier League. If you want to if you want a regular striker to score goals, he's not the player to do it. He may have two to three years still to get experience and get loaned out, but I think we need to we need to be investing in in January or certainly in the next summer for more depth in the attacking lineup because we haven't really got enough cover there. Cool, cool. Cheers, Emilio. And just a shout out to, to, to Carl Seggy as well, who's who's back uh, with us as well in the chat. Great to see you back, Carl. Pete, I think it's time for predictions, is it? Yes. Predictions time. And uh, I'll start it off. Um, I think Newcastle are going to bounce back. I hope, pray that we bounce back. 
because we really do need to uh, stomp our authority back on the Premier League. Um, I'm going to go for a 3 1 win. Um, I think Newcastle will win. St. James's Park, um, fans behind them, carrying them through. I think we'll, we'll, we'll get the win. So I'm going to stick with my, in my mind, my prediction 3 1. That's what you're thinking. Well, first, Pete, what are you drinking? <laughs> uh, yeah, first time in a while. Yeah, I've, I've, we're, we're going to win. We're going to win <laughs> so because uh, ever since Pete's been on the water, we, we've we've been we've been defeat after defeat after defeat. So it's a two 0 win for Newcastle for me. Sorry, Emilio. Okay. <laughs> what are you going for, Emilio? Um, like I'm going to be obviously going to support the club. I, I think we can get something out of the game. I think you know, put aside the the, the goals that we're scoring for fun at the moment. It's a different proposition on Saturday, away from home. You all want to bounce back from the European disappointment this week. So that's that's fine. In a weird way, I wanted you to go through in the Champions League because then maybe you know your focus may have been more on the League Cup next week rather than trying to bounce back in the league. So I think it's going to. I think it's all to play for. I think. Keith, you said all the stats suggest it's a very close fixture historically. Um, you've been playing a lot better against us in recent times. I think we can. I think we can get a one-all draw. I think we can get something out of the game. To be honest with you. Okay. Um, and last but not least, um, what are you going for this time, Keith? Everyone anticipating um, your your prediction. What have we got for? Well, I can see two scores out of this one. Um, I think, you know, they are quite... There's the two extremes, isn't there? There's Newcastle's home form, which has been excellent. Fulham's away form, which despite their sort of brilliant last few games, you know, they haven't been playing as well away from home as they have at home. They have... They did get some noticeable results, like draws away from home. So... Lots of goals in that Fulham side at the minute and the lack of goals in the Newcastle side or the dry-up of goals uh, is a concern for sure, as well as the leaky defence and the uh, goalkeeping situation. I think Newcastle can end their recent run of defeats. I think the score will be that. <laughs> I don't think Dubravka can keep a clean sheet. I think there will be a goal or two conceded or... The other score that I was thinking of that I could be um, is that. Don't say one one. Oh no! <laughs> one or the other because I can see Newcastle going a goal up because they've done it in in nine games. They've scored a goal, but they haven't added to that goal, and that could be the problem. Yeah, you don't see the three three, Keith. No, that. that, that I mean. For a start, Joe Linton's the top scorer for Newcastle in the last six games. Three goals in six. Who'd have thought that? The goals at the top of, you know, Isaac's not producing. You know, Wilson's just coming back from injury. So there isn't really a lot of goals in that Newcastle side. If Gordon isn't playing, there's another one of your main goal threats from this season. So I I can see a couple of goals in this one, but unfortunately, I can see one or two at the other end as well. I love uh, Jordy Two for Life. <laughs> Honestly, we'd be in the bottom of three with Keith's macro, macro <laughs> predictions, is what we uh, might need to. <laughs> I wish it was the other way. 
With a lot of Newcastle fans' predictions on this channel and other channels, we'd be top of the league. We'd, we would have won the league two years running. Why can't we have that universe? I'd be a lot happier. I'm sure all Newcastle fans would be happier. Well, Keith, you need to just break out that Superman suit from the Clark Kent outfit, and off you go and uh, spin us into another universe where 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 all all, yeah, all let, our let, predictions come through. Let, let's Newcastle just have an alternative Marvel universe and let's, you know, imagine if Newcastle was a Marvel team. I'm sure we'd all be happy at back-to-back titles, but it ain't like that, unfortunately. Where Steve Reese is the daddy, yes. <laughs> yes, there's that alternative universe where Steve Bruce is a pundit now. Yeah. I'll, I'll take Foxy's uh, any type of uh, lucky win, any type of win that gets us the three points uh, get back to winning ways is more important and gives us a bit of confidence for the cup game hopefully the crowd gets behind the crowd will always get behind the team the foxy you know the score um but yeah i'm with you i'll take any any type of win possible um <laughs> joining two for life great stuff love it yeah John Nixon, you're not joining geordie tune for life i was <laughs> born and i've lived 10 miles away from that down the road Mm. I'm closer to St. James's Park and I always will be. I've always had it in my sights when wherever I've lived, so I ain't a Mackham. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll find, we'll find out. out soon. As Tom Dixon's just said. You don't have to worry, you don't really have to worry about away days for Sunderland Newcastle because there's well, only one team for that. Uh, well, we will see because the away days um, for the Sunderland game is already... Um, it's already in in the book. It's already locked in. Uh, so yeah, we will have be having a Sunderland channel coming on, uh, and you'll be able to tell us up front and personal what you think the score will be. So not, we'll know. not in my street, not in my street, Geordie Foon for life. I'll just say about <laughs> that comment there. <laughs> but look, the predictions are in, guys. Um, uh, they're in, uh, and let's see uh, who. Um, is correct on this one. But look, um, massive thanks everyone in the chat. Uh, thank you for your comments and questions. If you haven't clicked the, the, the like already, make sure you do on your way out. Um, thank you for your support. Some really good conversations, as always, uh, in the chat with lots of lots of um, you guys in the comments, and uh, we all appreciate it. Emilio uh, from Cottage Talk, um, massive, massive thank you. Pleasure as always to have you on. Super knowledge on Fulham and all things football. Um, Thank you for taking the time. And me on. Good, good to be back on, guys. Thank you very much. Pleasure. And uh, Keith. And thanks, Keith. And for putting up the abuse as always. <laughs> yeah, the shelligan. <laughs> for, for, for being real, for, for making a real worried, concerned prediction, you get a shelligan for it. Oh. Uh, well, we're... That we need to say. We need to say what you always say to the away opposition fans, and maybe that'll bring some good luck back to us as well. Good luck for the rest of the season after the next, after this. Likewise, likewise. Yes, definitely. But uh, look, pleasure as always. Um, Dad, um, I like that lineup. Uh, let's see if it comes to fruition, that's mm. for sure. Uh, um, uh, and great stuff. And uh, thanks for, for joining as well. Um, tonight, we'll be back. Um, shows are plenty. Uh, in the next few days, in the week to come, we'll, we'll have the Fulham reaction, um, I believe, on Saturday. 
Right, I think it's Saturday. Yes, sorry, 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 I have the poster here, actually. Uh, you're, you're right, Pete. Uh, we are back on Sunday evening at 8 for the, I think it's 8, for the uh, the loaded reaction to the, the Fulham game. So that, that's coming up on Saturday. Then uh, we, could be something else between then. We, we're still in, in discussions on that. But definitely on Tuesday, we are back for a watch-along for the uh, the League Cup game where we have a great record of watch-alongs uh, for that. So we, we, if, if we did not do a watch-along, we, we'd probably get knocked out. So we, we'd blame ourselves. So we have to do a watch-along for that one. Uh, Champions League, not so much. Not so much. Hasn't worked out for us. But um, yes, we're definitely back for the League Cup. Love it. Love it. Um, right. That's the wrap, guys. Um, make sure you um, click the likes and subscribes on the way out. Um, tell a friend to tell a friend about Loaded Mag NUFC. Pass it along. Let people know um, what the channel is all about and, and, and what we're offering. Um, hopefully, um, more people will come and get involved um, in our chat. But for now, um, we'll leave it there. Hopefully, we get the three points. Um, but until then, we do love playing away. That's how you like that. Thank you very much for having me on.